So today I want to talk to you for a little bit about the rhythm of heaven, and I think we'll have a little bit of fun here, <laughs> but uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, I want to turn to our text today, and if I could take a text, um, I would like to take Colossians 2, 7-12, and John 13, 32, and, and, and in, in these two passages of Scripture, I want to link them together, and hopefully we can leave here better than we came, Amen. Amen, somebody. I'm looking for a revelation for somebody's life. And in that revelation, I really feel like God just gave me one statement, and I kind of built the whole sermon off that one statement this week. But whenever I get something from the Lord, I'm like, all right, let's go to church. <laughs> because I know I got the word. You know, sometimes it's late on Saturday. <laughs> sometimes he comes in the 11th hour. Sometimes I get it on Monday, and it's great. I have the sermon prepared by Wednesday. And then uh, sometimes I'm preparing it as I'm standing with, during worship. And, and I won't even tell you that that happened today. But, uh, but sometimes um, we have to just be trusting the Lord and he'll give us what we need. So I want to talk to you about the rhythm of heaven. And so we'll start in Colossians 2. And I'm going to begin reading uh, in verse 7. It just says previously to that that you are in Christ Jesus if you have if you walk in him and and it says then going on from that as you therefore receive jesus christ the lord and walk walk ye so walk ye in him and then verse seven you gonna preach with me cindy let's preach i know she could she could definitely preach so verse seven verse seven says this she doesn't even need a microphone it says rooted and built up in him that him is jesus it says, you've received him because they, in their culture, they had to understand that Jesus was enough, that they didn't have to do all the previous law and previous animal sacrifices. They had to come to a place where they received that Jesus Christ was enough for their salvation. And he said, so once you've received it, walk it out, walk through that. And then as you're walking with God, be rooted and built up by him. Amen. And established in the faith, or established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Everyone say thanksgiving. Yeah, that's coming real soon. I'm excited about that turkey. Turkey time. Beware lest any man spool you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men. After the what? After the what? The rudiments of the world and not after Christ. I'll stop there and I'll go on to John if you would help me out, media team. I appreciate that. We're going to go to John. If you are turning there, if you're to the Bible in the sky, that's fine. John 13, 32 says, and, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Seems like Jesus wants us with him, doesn't it? Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, I'm asking you to help me preach this word today. Lord, I take authority over headache, but I'm asking you to somehow give me clarity of mind in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. You may be seated. Something made most popular by Pinterest was something known as life hacks. Anybody ever tried a life hack? It's a, it's a shortcut that allows you to have maybe 
a pro tip on how to do something that would take you time and energy to figure out, maybe even experience, maybe trial and error. But instead of having to go through all the pain of trial and error and experiencing and, and effort and learning, you can just find a shortcut or a life hack that allows you to do something much more inexpensive than you would have to do it if you paid for it price or you would have the opportunity to find a physical uh, situation where you created something like, for instance, you can put some things together, phone inside of it and create a speaker out of it. Just out of styrofoam, you can cut cut it out, put it all together, and create your own speaker instead of buying a $200 Bose speaker. Amen? So it's a life hack. It's a way to get something without really having to pay full price for it. It's getting you somewhere quicker, possibly, than you've been, than you would get there if you had to try to figure it out on your own. There's also spiritual life hacks. Did you know that? A spiritual life hack is, simple, is a simple solution that will help you get closer to God. There are very easy things you can do. Number one is pray. How many know prayer is good? It still works, amen? That's a good life hack. You can just stop anywhere you're at. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Doesn't matter what you what you have on you or where you're at. You can you can be either at work and just turn to the corner and just start, start praying. And all of a sudden, you start hearing from heaven right where you are. Amen, somebody. How many are grateful for spiritual life hacks? So whenever you begin to pray, you, you kind of tap into something known as the rhythm of heaven. How many know heaven has a rhythm? When we're reading in scripture, it says, do not be conformed or not beware lest anyone spoil you with the, through the philosophies of men. And it goes down to say the rudiments of this world. Does anybody know what a rudiment is? A rudiment is the breakdown of time. Time is broken into increments. Those increments are used in basic form to create something bigger. So your basic rudiment would be like one, two, three, four. That's a basic quarter note rudiment. It's a quarter note. If you know, if you understand music, there's two bars and they cram a bunch of stuff between two bars. That's music to me. There's two major bars and between those bars is timing. And within those, that timing is different, different breakdowns of instruments, notes and, and, and drumming especially has rudiments. So whenever you put timing in like one, two, three, four, you can break it down to a different thing called an eighth note, which is one and two and three and four. Then you can go to 16th notes. We're still playing the same thing. We're playing, we're playing a four count. One, two, three, four. Then it starts over. One, two, three, four. Yeah. And then you can go on to eighth notes. One and two and three and four. Then you can go to 16th notes, which is one and two and three and four and one and two and three and four. All the same thing, just played in different rudiments, breakdowns. So Brother Reese is going to come help me out. Can you come help me out, Brother Reese? Everybody give, up, give it up for Brother Reese. He's got some mad skills on the drums. He's going to help us play some things today. And I'm going to talk a little bit about the rhythm of heaven. So if you could just um, set that unit off just a little bit. I was trying to keep it from cutting out um, because our cordless mic was trying to cut out. But what I, was tr what I want to emphasize to you is that there is a rhythm of this earth and there is a rhythm of heaven. Amen? And when you're looking at your life, sometimes it's easy to only see the beat 
and the, the, the drive of this earth and the things that are in this earth. And you don't get to see necessarily the rudiments or the things that God is up to. The basic things that he's doing that when he puts it all together, it creates a pattern and a vibration in a, in a situation in your life. And that repetitive pattern, that repetitive um, rudiment can bring to pass the plan of God in your life. I want you to know that there are variations in different things that are built from one small thing and sometimes it's only a small thing that God is up to and we may not see it we may not perceive it but if if we let God work in our life he'll build all of the small things together and he'll work all things together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose and we will see something come of that basic thing that God started way back we'll see him walk it out in our life if we just be complete in him amen so reese is going to play us a basic beat then i'm going to have some people help me play some drums so i need a few volunteers anybody have uh oh nice nice the music teacher jumps up okay go go i need i need somebody else to help me i need somebody that's going to play shaker you're going to play shaker all right. Anybody else got a shaker? You got a shaker? Invite Ursula? No? I'll, I'll, you come on up here, bro. Come on, come on up. Anybody else? You want to do shaker? No, he's going to come up and play something else. All right. All right. Now, now, this is what, you know what this is called? This is called slapstick, right? Fiber slap. Fiber slap. Viber slap. And what you do is you hold it here and you slap that thing. Have you ever seen this thing before? All right. All right, okay, so what you do is you slap it like that. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's real nice. All right, okay, somebody, somebody needs to help me. I think we should get Lucille up here. Oh, oh, you want to help out? You just got to go like this. Can you do it? All right, let's see who else. George, you want to help, Brother George? Come on up, man. We're going to play some music. All right. Here we go. Here we go. That's awesome. So you can either hold it with, the, yeah, like that. Oh, you know what you're doing. Uh, see, this isn't even a, this wasn't even difficult. He already knows what he's doing. And you got your shaker. All right. Here we go. All right. Reese, play us a basic beat. Okay. Here we go. She's pretty excited about this. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, you're a little bit off. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, you're enjoying yourself. I, I don't, you know, it's no problem. You're having a lot of fun. I guess, yeah, I do too, but it's my own drum. So you're having a good time, but we need to stay with the timing of the guy up there. So, because that's, you know, it's really important that we get the rhythm together. Okay, yeah, okay. So this is, we're going to try this again, okay? Here we go. All right, help us out. One, two. <laughs> uh, 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 okay, 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 okay. Yep, that's, um, let's, uh, let's go right over here with you. And let's have you sit right here for a minute. And just, you know, take a load off. You know, 
Yeah, don't, don't, yeah, let's, okay. maybe that strap's probably going to hurt after a while. So let's, take, let's just take that strap off. Yeah, it's probably going to pull on the shoulder there. And, well, we're just going to go ahead and take it off. I know, I do, you do, yes. Let's just rest for a minute. Go ahead and just take a break for a second. All right. Yeah, she's doing good. She's excited, isn't she? But she's, she's not, she's not playing in rhythm, is she? I, I, I know you do. So what I'm trying to illustrate here, everybody stay here, is that he's playing the beat, and there is a beat of heaven. There is a rhythm of heaven. And if you miss the rhythm of heaven, it will cost you spiritually. Hesitation, different things like that. And I'm going to get into that in just a minute. But I want you to know he's mainly playing something known as downbeats, like ska. Was playing like that, just downbeats. So can you just play straight downbeats, just all downbeats? One, two, three, four. One, two, three. That's it. This is what it sounds like. Good. Pretty basic, right? That's not all that you hear when we do a worship service, right? You're hearing a lot of other things, a lot of other beats, right? Well, there's something known as the upbeat. How many know that life can beat you down? Amen. But there's an upbeat in every single piece of music. And I want him to play the upbeat on the hi-hat, this little thing off to the right with cymbals. Go ahead and play the upbeat for us. Oh, yeah. Now we feel like dancing, don't we? That's so much better than what he just played, isn't it? That's the way it is with the rhythm of heaven. Whenever life beats you down, you need to search for the upbeat. You need to search for what God's doing in a bad situation. You need to search for the thing that heaven's trying to get done in your life. And if you find the upbeat, I promise you, you can dance to the rhythm of heaven. You can worship through the worst things you've ever been through. You can have things happen that seem like they have you nothing but down. But if you start looking for the upbeat, if you start looking for the thing that heaven's doing, I'm preaching real good right now. I'm, if you look for what God is doing in the situation, you can dance in the worst moments of your life. You can celebrate and praise God in your bedroom in the darkest days that you've been through. And when you get through it, you will say, hey, how, someone will come to you and say, how did you get through that loss? How did you get through that moment? And you can say, I found the silver lining. I looked toward heaven and I asked Jesus, what are you up to? What is God doing on this thing? And then I found a dance in my feet because I found the upbeat. Amen, somebody. So let's play again, but play the upbeat. Right. Sister Carla, come get crazy. <laughs> this was planned. She did, she's not, you know, she's naturally that happy. I, I want you to know that. She's, but we had this plan beforehand. Let's play some upbeat. Let's go ahead. Yeah. One, two, three, four. Don't you just feel like dancing to that? Yeah. That internal rhythm gets going in your body. You can feel it. That feels good. Woo! I like it. I like it. The Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart. I will dance like David danced. When the Spirit of the Lord moves upon my heart, I will dance like David danced. I will dance like David danced. Anybody know this song? Dance like David dance. I will dance like David dance. Like David dance. Like David dance. Give him a big hand, everybody. Thank you guys for being in the percussion department. You can put it all right back here. 
Woo, give them another big hand. They worked really hard. Did you see how the environment changed in here? <laughs> we just had a good time in the Lord, didn't we? We can celebrate the things of God when we look for the upbeat in our life. You can talk about everything that's keeping you down, or you can try to find the thing that God, has, that God is up to in your situation. And if you can't find something that God's up to, I want you to know that God's miracles work in the things that you have left. I want you to know that no matter, I've said it before, I said it at the beginning of this sermon, but, but your miracle is never in what you lost. Amen, somebody. I know that seems like I've said that two weeks in a row, but I want you to hear me because I know my, this last week, I, I was in North Carolina in the sticks and I get a phone call my my sister has been in an accident and I'm like Lord what are you up to we've been working we got we got some things done she's moving forward God is using her to bring people from the the women's battered Hebron house God is helping her to get people here and, and she's bringing them in her vehicle she's filling her car and bringing some people to the house of God and it just sure felt like an attack of the enemy and I wanted to change my mindset and say hey I'm not going to look at what's getting that down, that situation down. I want to look at the upside of it because I want to see God working and God using. And I began to realize that maybe God's in the process of slowing down a metamorphosis so God can use her even greater to reach those that are hurting because that is her calling and mission in life. And I began to pray over that and I felt God come into the room in a hotel room in the middle of nowhere, Timbuktu. It wasn't even close. It was more like Timbuktu 20. I was in the middle of nowhere. There is no service. There was nothing left to do but pray. <laughs> I might have just meddled right there. There was nothing left to do but pray. No internet, nothing to watch, nothing to do. All I could do was just pray and I began to plead the blood of Jesus and I felt God step into the room and say, don't worry about what's been lost. I'm going to do miracles and what's left. Amen, somebody. All you need is a little bit of oil, amen? If you would pour it out into some vessels, God will keep anointing it and do the miraculous. And what little you have will continue to pour out until they're all full to capacity. How about two fish and five loaves? It's not much. There was not anything to be found for food, but there was something left in a little boy's lunch, and they used it to feed the 5,000. What's got you down is not what's going to keep you down if you'll look for what God's up to in it. Amen, somebody. I don't want to live on the rudiments of this world. I don't want to march to the drum of this world. Talk about depressing where we're at. I can't even watch the news and not go, God, help this world. Help these people. Help those that have lost their homes, their lives, their livelihoods. God, I don't want just what's on this earth. I don't want to go through daily life. Everything we know runs in cycles. So I have to understand that God is up to something working in my life and in your life. Amen, somebody. Amen. There's rhythms in everything. Sometimes women can come to God more quickly than men. It may seem like a stereotype, but I want you to understand something. Because heaven has a certain rhythm. Women are very keen to rhythms in their own body. You have to understand that the reproductive processes of women's bodies in order to birth children, they, they have to go through a rhythm every single month. And that rhythm allows them to be fruitful. Amen, somebody? I know you don't, maybe don't like straight talk, but I'm going to talk straight. I'm going to talk straight right now. And so women often are more connected to the rhythms of life 
in, in this world. And so whenever someone, when a, when a woman encounters the rhythms of heaven or the spiritual world, they say, hey, there's something I'm used to. There's something different. It's a different rhythm and I feel God and I want God and they can be more open to the things of God. But if you let someone just get the word of God open and begin to teach the word, you can understand that when you watch the people live out their lives in the books uh, of scripture, you can see the end from the beginning. You can see how they start and how they finish and how God brought them to a place of good in the end. And, and, and I know that if it's not always easy to look for the upbeat things in the downbeat things. Amen. It's not always easy to look for what God's up to, but I promise you this. If you cannot find it in yourself, if you cannot get up in the morning, make your coffee and get yourself excited about the day. And if you've lost joy for living, I want you to know all you got to do is go to that book where people lived out their walk with God and lived out their, the things of God. And you can encourage yourself from scripture and get the rhythm of heaven from the word. Amen. You can find yourself a beat for that day that makes you feel more encouraged, even if you wake up feeling discouraged. Can I give you a few upbeat things from the Word of God? How about Philippians 4.19? And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. That's a good word. That's an up word. Amen. I want to reach for something that's upwards. I don't want to stay where I am. How about 2 Corinthians 4.16? Therefore, we do not lose heart. Everyone say, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away or we are perishing, yet the inward man, or yet we're, yet the inward, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. How about Philippians 4 and 6? Be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, give thanksgiving. Let your request be made known to God. There's only one place you need to take your prayer request. There's only one place you need to take the things that you're praying over in life and take it to the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Psalms 34 and 10, yet young lions, the young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Anybody believe that word right there? Those that trust the Lord shall not suffer any, or shall not want any good thing. How about Psalm 62 and 8? Trust in him at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. How many glad you have a place to run to? Amen. And then King James Version finishes it with Selah, which means think on this or think about it. In other words, read this scripture and then stare at it and think about it. Sit there and stare at it because your success often comes from the things you don't see the first time. Your success can often come from the Seth got in this message. Your Seth can often <laughs> your success can often come from the things that you pass over the first time. But if you just go back and meditate on it, God will show you something amazing. He said, "Pour out your hearts to Him." In other words, give everything to God and he will be a refuge for those things. He'll be a refuge for you through those things. He'll be a safe place when you're going through unsafe things. Amen, somebody. When all you have is people around you you can't trust. When you feel like you're at work and you can't tell anybody the things that are going on at work, even though you're at work, you know that you need to take it to Jesus. Pour your heart out to him and say, God, I feel like someone's trying to take my job. I feel like someone's talking bad about me that's 
shouldn't be. I feel like someone's trying to tear down my reputation. And you know, Lord, I want good integrity. I want to live right in your sight. I want to walk holy with you, God. You know my heart. And so I'm pouring my heart out to you. And God says, thank you very much. Now I'm going to make a refuge for you in that situation. I'm going to make a safe place. And I'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. That means that there are some feasts you will never have until you have enemies. That means that God prepares a special banquet for you. When you are surrounded by enemies, he will feed your soul. There is a rhythm of heaven that's different than the rudiments of this earth. And I am so thankful for it. Because if this earth is all we have, we are of all men most miserable. But thanks be to God who's given us the victory. The God who is a victor lives in us. And we are people of victory. Amen, somebody. Psalms 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on his name in truth. If you think truth doesn't matter, that scripture tells you differently because it says he's near to all who call on him. He'll hear him, but he says he's near to those even, even more so who call on him in truth. Amen, somebody. I'm grateful I know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And I know who to go to. Psalms 34, 17, and 18 says, The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Thank God you don't have to walk through it alone. And saves those who are crushed in spirit. Psalms 118, 8. Anybody feeling a new rhythm in their heart? Anybody feeling the rhythm of heaven in this place? The changing of the atmosphere happens when you start to get the pulse of heaven. Amen. For it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man Psalms 37 5 so commit your way to the Lord trust in him and he will act he will bring it to pass amen I I don't know if you know but most of you do we were a year into the church here and there are things that happen in your life that you really don't have answers for and you're like scratching your head going, Lord, why? Why is this going on? It doesn't make any sense. And you guys all know the story. A lady came to visit for the first time, and uh, she passed out as she was parking. And she drove through two panes of glass back there and parked her car in the nursery. <laughs> you guys know the story. Uh, we had a Jeep Patriot in our nursery. Um, so what we ended up having to do is go through all of the stuff and I wasn't here I pulled back in after picking up somebody for church and there's a vehicle in the building um and I'm going Lord what in the world and so I walk in here and I stand there and I feel uh, I'm a positive person I, I don't really struggle with a lot of negative stuff but this was one thing where I'm like okay I, I don't quite get this I don't know why this is going on but there is a vehicle in the building <laughs> hello somebody <laughs> This doesn't happen. And so we ended up in the news. You know, we ended up, people heard about us. Um, that The police report went out, obviously, and it gets posted in the paper. And they're like, someone said they saw that a, a car had landed into it, had driven into a church. And, and we got publicity that we wouldn't have gotten had that car not been parked in our, in our nursery. Amen. But the other thing that was interesting was whenever I walked up next to the, the I believe it was the fire chief stand or the fire person, I can't remember if it was fire or police, but when I walked up, 
Um, I was inside the building already, not outside. Um, and so I'd already seen what was going on, and I came around to make sure everybody was okay. And what was really great was Cindy was in the nursery, and we were having donuts like we are today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And Cindy had stepped out of the nursery right before that car came in and gone to get more donuts. And I just feel like an angel just took her by the hand and said, hey, donut time. (laughs) Come on out here because something is about to happen in that nursery that's going to be very dangerous for you. And when that car came crashing in, there were no kids in that nursery and she was just in there playing. Previous to that, the Sunday before that, Jesse and my son were laying on the floor in that back hallway making a little game that they love to do. And they had done it multiple weeks, head-to-head, game in front of them, laying on the floor. That car would have driven over top of them. Normally, Lucille likes to go back there and pray as well. And she's normally right in that area about that time. All of these things did not happen so that there wouldn't be danger take place for those that were there, that were normally in those places. That car would have hit Lucille, that car would have driven over Seth and Jesse, and it would have possibly damaged Cindy in the process of coming through the vehicle. But instead, we were all having donuts. See, y'all needed me to preach about donuts today. The Lord, the Holy Ghost is in them donuts. (laughs) Forgive me. I, I digress. But what happened when we were when it happened, Dean was sitting at a chair over there and he threw his coffee straight up in the air. Literally went and if it went in slow motion, you would have seen coffee coming out the cup and Dean going because it was like a gun went off. The glass shattered. And there was pieces of glass up against the kitchen wall over here when we finally got done with cleanup. And I was standing there, and while I was standing there, this thought came to my head, and I don't know where it came from, whether it was just feeling overwhelmed by the moment or whether it was just the enemy that was speaking to me and said, that's what your ministry looks like. And I never have those thoughts. It's never about me. And I was like, I, the devil is a liar. This is not what the ministry is about. This, this is not a lack of protection by God. This is, this is something that would be considered a down moment, but God's up to something, amen? There is a, there is a rhythm, there, there was a beat that came from a spirit that said, this is what your ministry is gonna look like. There's gonna be no way that you can protect it, keep it safe. I'm gonna just take whatever I want. I'm gonna throw a car at you whenever I want to. Uh, that's what I was feeling like, but that wasn't the drum that I wanted to dance to. That wasn't the rhythm I was interested in. I wanted to know what heaven had to say about it. So I began to pray, and I began to ask God, God, why? Why in the world would this happen? And the Lord said, go back to the rubble. And so I walked back in the other room, and there was a J propped up perfectly in the rubble. And I said, oh, that used to be a J that meant Jeep, but now it means Jesus because he brought us through, and he got us out of it. And did you know that we made relationship connections we would have never made with the people that run this building for other things that needed to be done on the building through that situation? And they came in, and they did repair and we got to be friends with them and now I'm praying for Steve the maintenance man and I have all these different things going on that would have never happened had a car never parked itself in our nursery and I want you to know I could have been depressed I could have been beat down but I look for the upbeat I look for the thing God was doing it and God God was doing in it and God did a great thing through it amen somebody so this Jay is set on the shelf in my office because I'm like devil you're a liar Jesus got us through it. (laughs) Amen, somebody. And you know, can I share with you a moment that will make you think differently of me? Is that all right? 
This is going to get real right now. When we first moved in here, there was a big mural of Noah's Ark right over top of the crib. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. We're going to celebrate the greatest, you know, judgment of sin right over top of Boo Boo. You know? And I'm like, we, they had this, they had, so I brought in a friend, Karen Parton, who is a really great artist. She's a wonderful painter. And I'm like, could you make those animals on the boat look more happy? <laughs> Just... It's a, it's a worldwide flood, people. We're celebrating the death of sin and the judgment, and we're going to put it over top of, you know, Johnny. <laughs> Go to sleep. <laughs> worldwide flood. Go to sleep. And I was like, oh, that's not a mural you want on the nursery. wall. it's just not good. And it came with the building. It was already there. And so I was like, God, I just don't even like that. When I walked through the first time, I was like, we got to do something. We got to paint over that thing. I don't even know who painted it. So we brought her in. I'm like, can you make that look good? She's like, oh, I'll make them look happy. I'll put sunshine smile in and I'll. And so she started painting and she was here for like hours. Like we would come and meet for the guys group and we'd be leaving and they're like, there's a light on in the nursery. What's going on? And she's in there painting, you know. So she spent hours, got quite a few hours on it. And then whenever the insurance company called, they're like, Oh, uh, the, the, the car broke through the wall and there was this mural on the wall and those are expensive. We're like, yeah, it was hours she spent on that. You, they're like, yeah, we're going to write you a check for that. We're like, okay. And they're like, how much would that be? I'm like, oh, I don't know. I mean, they, you know, those take a lot of time and money. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I don't even know how much that could cost. I, you know, if we had to do that again, we're never doing that again. But if we had to do that again, we're not going to put Noah's Ark up there. But they're like, oh, okay. Would $500 be okay? I mean, could you get that repainted for $500? Oh, yeah, that's absolutely great. Write the check. So we not only went through that, but they repaired all of it through the insurance company. They put it all back to normal. They painted it and put everything back the way it used to be. But then we lost the Noah's Ark and pastor dances. <laughs> and so all of that, and then two weeks later, I get a check in the mail for $500 for the mural. That's the Holy Ghost, people. That's a help from the... So, personal moment, I apologize, but I was happy about the fact that God gave me an upbeat moment in the middle of a downbeat situation. Amen. Have I, mil have I rode that horse too long? I want to tell you that Scripture has a way of lifting you. And so if you want something to write down today, look for what lifts you. Look for what lifts you. Stop looking for the thing that's the bad situation. I could have looked at the damage. I could have looked at the cost. I could have been tallying up what it's going to cost if the insurance company doesn't kick in. I could have been doing all of that. I could have been staying up overnight worrying myself to death. But instead, I put it all in the hands of the Lord. Amen. And I just said, Lord, you've got this. This is your house. It's not mine. You're going to have to build it because you said you would build the house. Amen. And if something like that happens, then I know God's in the middle of something else. But the problem is some people like to be down. You know those people? The Eeyore? Oh, no. I mean, when they come in the room, you, want, you like want to leave. They're not the people that come in with the answers. They come in with the problems. You know those people? Like, hey, how's it going? Well, let me tell you, my back went out this morning and my big toe has, you know, the gout and I'm going through. 
It's like, I didn't want to know. Don't, don't, I don't want to know that. I, that was a form of saying, hello, how are you doing? I didn't want to know your, your medical history. People don't want to know what you're really going through when they ask you that. They want to know, they're just asking you that as a form of courtesy. You need to be the person that walks in with the solution. If Jesus is the answer and we are Jesus' people, then we ought to be showing up with solutions, not problems. Amen, somebody. That's what gets you paid, amen? And when you come to a workplace and you say, I don't know what the trouble is here, but I'm going to be the solution in the situation. That's what gets you promotion. That's what gets you blessing. That's what's walk, what it's like to walk to the rhythm of heaven, to be the change agent in places where they don't seem like they can change it. But when you walk in with the power of the Holy Ghost, when you come out of your prayer meeting in the morning and you say, I don't know how this is going to change, but me and Jesus make a majority and we're going to get this done. I I don't know what your math is like, but my math is a little bit different. Normally one and one makes two, but when it's one, me and Jesus, anything is possible. Everything is possible. Amen, somebody. So tailor your life to the places God is talking to you about and go after him in the rhythm of heaven. Seek God in all things. When you know you're doing good, sometimes you're uh, asked to lose some things. Amen? But whatever you lose... It's because you didn't need it to get where you're going. I've been traveling a lot lately. I know that. I've been traveling for a couple of years. And what I found out about traveling is luggage gets heavy. And when you start traveling a lot, you start realizing that you only, you only pack for the place you're going. You don't pack for Florida weather if you're going to upstate Washington. You understand what I'm saying? So... You pack your luggage according to the destination. So if God takes something out of your life, you didn't need that in your luggage to go where, the, where your purpose is leading you. You didn't need that in your life to take you to where you've got to go. And God doesn't want more weight on you than you can bear. So what he does is he'll offload some things in your life to get you to where you need to be. Now, I'm not saying that you're not doing something right now that doesn't feel like it's a little disjointed to what you feel like your purpose is. But I promise you, whatever you're doing, if it doesn't feel like the rhythm of heaven is working in that situation, that thing is going to lead to the perfect purpose of God if you keep on praying over it, you keep on seeking God through it. So everything we have in our life is a lead to something else. So get up. Turn to somebody and tell them, get up. Get up. We're trying to break the laws of gravity all the time when I'm trying. I, I, I mean, I'm getting, I get in a plane. We, I was sitting next to a guy coming back this week, and he goes, do you think there's ever a no return point? Like you get down the runway, and you just, you're not going to be able to stop the plane. I was like, oh, absolutely. It's a commit all, or, or it's, it's going to be end all. <laughs> it's not a good. So there's a certain point where you feel like you're running out of runway, and you're like, okay, all right, pilot, pull her on up. And, and so there's, there's that feeling like, okay, we need to take off now. And all of that work and all of that motion and all of that friction and all of that power is getting you to one place to break the law of gravity. It's all just to do that. And some of, us feel, some of us feel held down by things in life. We feel beat down by things in life. And all you need to do is, is get yourself into a prayer situation and just begin to pray into power and pray your way into strength and pray your way into courage to the point where you have that locomotion and you have that spiritual movement going on. Everything in your life is moving. Your bloodstream is moving. Everything has a rhythm. Cycles, the earth is moving. We don't detect it because we're on it. But there's everything, everything that God created 
creates has motion. And, and that motion is, is important because it keeps, it keeps everything working properly. And if you have a, if you have a life that feels like it got stuck somewhere, all you got to do is get a, get a, take a knee and begin to pray, Lord God, give me what you want for me in this situation and get me through it. And God will get you off the ground. Amen. God will lift you up. How many know the story of the Wright brothers? I fly every week thanks to these boys. The Wright brothers started in a bicycle shop. Did you know that? Sometimes we think in life that we can't do what God wants us to do because we don't yet have what we think we need to do what God wants us to do. And the truth of the matter is he wants you to start in your bicycle shop. They didn't build a plane in a plane shop. They built a plane in a bicycle shop. So these boys actually were in Canton, Ohio, home of the NFL. Never mind. They were in Canton, Ohio, and they were building bicycles. And because their purpose wasn't bicycles, they had to move themselves to a place that was more conducive to their purpose. Well, uh, maybe I've lost you already, but I'm trying to get there. Help me out here. Just let me preach for just a minute. So the Wright brothers, even though they had started their bicycle shop, they couldn't finish the destination they were designed to, to go toward. The, the purpose of their life was to, to fly. They wanted to break the law of gravity. But they couldn't do it in Canton, Ohio. So they had to move to Kitty Hawk. You know why they moved to Kitty Hawk? Two reasons. Brush landing was safer. And two, the wind was right. Somebody preached with me there. There was a safer place to land if they didn't break through the gravity barrier. And the wind was right to lift them. So they built a plane out of bicycle parts and took it to a different location where the wind was blowing, where the wind was moving to get them through the barrier that had always been the law of gravity. I want you to know there's a spiritual connotation to this story, that there may be a place where you need to move to in your walk with God that goes to the next dimension, and you're not going to get there unless the Holy Ghost wind is blowing through your life. You need the right wind in your situation, and you need a place to land in Him. Amen, somebody. When you're living the rhythm of heaven, there's three things that happen, and I'm closing. Number one, you become the answer because Jesus is the answer. I've already hit that. You don't have to sell something if it's needed. If you're the answer, you're needed. Amen? Solutions are where money and business start. That's true. But Jesus is the place that the church started, and he's the greatest answer to anything. Amen? So bring solutions. Answer people with answers. Amen. And then number two, you get tougher over time. Anybody tough here? Anybody had some things you went through that made you tougher? I think there's a few of us that feel like we got a little beat up with life, but we realize after the, after the fact that we're so much stronger. So much, we've been changed by the change, amen, by the things that happen. You have to get tougher. You have to build a resistance and a resilience to the irrelevance of the things that have nothing to do with your destiny. You have to build a resistance and a, and, and a, a resilience and a, and, a, and a desire to put out of focus the irrelevant things that don't have to do with the place that God's calling you to. You don't have to get meaner to get tougher, amen? How many know mean people? Those people that just lash out because they're bitter because life hasn't done them well. That's not being tough. Being tough is because you have been changed by it. And you can actually close your mouth 
whenever you want to talk because you're tougher. Amen? Because if not, you wouldn't be able to sustain and you would not be able to withstand what success will cost you. Did you know success has a cost? Oh, it does. And if you don't get tougher, you will not be able to sustain the success that you're going to have in life. So your struggle builds you tougher so that you can succeed. Uh, this sounds like, does this, does this sound like a good word to you? <laughs> so let's also look at what else we have here. You will be promoted and prompted by the Holy Ghost to not hesitate. How many know that hesitation is a high cost? It costs you a lot to hesitate. Let's ask Abraham and Sarah. Sarah was not able to have a child. She's like, go into my handmaiden Hagar. And he said, okay, sure thing. Take one for the team. <laughs> Didn't take much, but I don't think it took much influence there. But I want you to know that your impatience and your hesitation often will create a problem that will fight your purpose later on. And later on, you have Ishmael and the promised child of Abraham. And they're fighting for the promise of God. I want you to know that you have to be very careful not to hesitate because hesitation costs you something. There is a rhythm of life. There's a rhythm of heaven. And if you miss the rhythm of God, you have to go back and get into your prayer closet and say, God, where is your flow? Where is the wind blowing? Where is God's move? Where I think we've all missed it at times. I think we've all gone through something where we've missed, we felt like we missed it. But the great thing is God is great grace, and he'll help you to find the flow again. Timing is everything, praise God. When the fullness of time was come, there was one that was born that had, that had a child. There was one full of the Holy Ghost. And I, I can't even quote the scripture right now because it's not coming to mind. But what I'm trying to say is when the fullness of time was, was come, there's places in scripture that uses those specific words for us to understand that God's purpose was done within a time clock. He had a specific plan, a specific moment. And if that moment was missed, they would have missed what God was up to. I don't want to miss what God's up to. I don't want to miss what God's doing in my life or in your life or in our lives or in this church's life. I want to be plugged into what God's doing. I want to be plugged into the lifter of my soul. Amen? And we started with Colossians and we end with it. Because he said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. And we used to sing that, you know, those songs that are like, lift him up, lift him up, you know, and all that stuff. And we talk about it. We're like, the preacher gets in the pulpit after the song service and kind of cheerleads everybody, you know. Hey, look, come on, let's worship the Lord. And, and that's good. That's all fine and good. But he would always say something like, if Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Come on, lift him up. And that is true. We're, when we worship, we are lifting him up. But what it's referring to is when he was lifted up on the cross it was a revelation of Jesus being lifted up on the cross and he said when I'm lifted up on the cross my death my darkest moment my downtime is going to be your up moment that whenever you lift me up I'm going to draw you up and so he said this is the thing that's going to recover you this is going to give you an understanding of the rhythm of heaven heaven wanted us so much so look for the lift. Look for Jesus in it. And I close with this story. My brother decided that he was going to do something amazing. He was a banker. 
<clears throat> I don't like bankers that much. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm only kidding, Reese. I'm only kidding. Love you, brother. Love you. But they all decided they're going to do this bicycle ride through the country, and they're going to go from Waukesha to... Um, they're going to go from here to Whitewater and stay on the campus of Whitewater. And then they were going to go from Whitewater to Madison. It was this best bike tour thing. And my brother calls me up on the phone. He's like, hey, hey, I got sponsorships to ride this thing. Why don't you get sponsorships? It goes to this good cause and, and we'll ride together. We'll do this together. And I was an idiot. And I said, yes. And I rode 50 miles on a mountain bike with tires that wide because I just wasn't that smart of a guy at that moment. That was the only bike I had, and I had said yes, and I wanted to keep my word. So I'm riding away, and my brother is slowed down. He's not doing well. He's way back there. And I'm riding. And they have this thing called the sagging wagon. Amen. Everybody say lift. It was a lift, but it was called the sagging wagon. And so what it was is a big box truck. And whenever you got to where you didn't feel like you could finish the race, they would put your bike up in the box truck and you would get up in there and sit and they would take you to the checkpoint or they would take you on to Whitewater and drop you off because you didn't have the ability to finish the race. That's how they get people in the race that don't train well enough for the race. Hello, somebody. So all of these, <laughs> these sagging wagon rides are going by with these people in them and I'm just dying. I'm on this bike and I'm just dying. I'm trying to keep my word. I'm like, I got sponsorships. I got to get to Whitewater. I can't do the Sunday leg because I'm supposed to be here preaching, but I'm going to do the Saturday. I'll do the 50 miles. And I'm going so hard and I'm like going up this hill and I just get to the top of the hill and I'm like, oh, good. And the sagging wagon passes me and my brother is sitting in the back of the sagging wagon and he's waving at me. He's like, I'll save you a hot dog. <laughs> the guy who invited me there. And I had a down moment. And I was like, you got to be kidding me, man. But when I turned the corner and came across the finish line and all those people were cheering and they're all lined up, they're like, yeah, you on the mountain bike. You're not very smart, but good job. <laughs> I mean, people were flying by me like I was standing still because their tires were this big. It's a resistance thing, people. There wasn't a lot of tire touching the road. I got, you know, the size of Goodyear Slicks touching the road. It's like, I'm going down the road like, wow, wow, wow. They're like, winter tires? <laughs> it was horrible. But I'm going to win. I'm going to do this. I'm going to succeed. I'm going to be great at it. I'm going to get to the finish line. And when I finished, I couldn't walk for three days. And my brother's like, hey. Want an icy? He's standing in front of the fans that blow water on you. He's like, that was great, wasn't it? Good thing we did this. So after I picked him up from punching him, I, uh, I told him, I said, bro, didn't you train? He's like, no, man. They got the sagging wagon. It picks you up. If you can't make it, you just ride the sagging wagon. I'm like, why did you tell me about the sagging wagon? I rode a mountain bike 50 miles. He's like, oh, they make provision for this stuff, man. Look at me. I don't look like I should be riding 100 miles on a bike. The bike would say no. <laughs> and 
He goes, that's what they do here. And I'm like, you know, if people can think about that and be strategic enough to plan for people that didn't plan for themselves and don't know what's coming because they never rode that kind of a race before, how much more strategic is Jesus in helping us when we don't know what's coming? I'm thankful for the rhythm of heaven because it helps me to know that no matter what comes my way that I cannot see, there's something else at work higher than that situation. There's a higher situation going on. I want my heart to beat to the rhythm of heaven. I want my life to pulse to the purposes of heaven in my life. I want everything in my life to match up. And I don't want to just live the downbeat I want to dance to the upbeat of heaven. I want to celebrate in the good times, and I want to worship in the hard times. Stand with me if you would. Has this message resonated with you in any way? Jesus, today, maybe there's someone in this room that has lost their joy, and while they were laughing just for a minute at the stories, they were like, you know what? There's greater. There's better. There's, there's more. There's something in God, that God's at work, and I don't know why my child's doing what they're doing. I don't know why I've lost the things I've lost. I don't know where this situation in my future is going, but Jesus is already there. And encourage somebody, Jesus, right now that you're already there. We can live the best moments of life knowing that you're in our future and you're taking care of our past. God, help us today to find the heartbeat of heaven so that you can say about each one of us as you did about David, they had a heart after God. They had a heart that beat for the things of God, the kingdom of God. May I lay down everything that I need to lay down. May I only pack the things I need to pack to get me where your purpose has taken me. And if I lose it, I know I didn't need it to get where I'm going. Thank you, Jesus, for miracles in my leftovers. Thank you, Jesus, for miracles in my leftovers. Thank you, God, for me knowing that I don't have to clutch everything. Thank you for miracles in what's left in my life, God. Thank you for the times you took things out, but I knew that I could get through it with a, with a hold on heaven and with a listening ear toward the beat of the heavenly things of God and that if I get in the word of God, I could hear your voice speaking to me and there's a drum sound saying, son, march to this beat. Don't march to the beat of this world. Don't march to the beat of greed. Don't march to the beat of your own label and title and name. But take on my name. Take on the rhythm of heaven. Take on the hope of the things of God. Take on the kingdom first. And all these things will be added unto you. Somebody needs to reassess your life now. Someone needs to take a moment and say, Jesus, why am I carrying so much heavy baggage thinking I need all of these things? Somebody needs to pray today and seek God. Would you come? Would you seek the Lord? Would you find a place to pray where you are? If you need to sit and pray, fine. But, but don't, don't settle for the rudiments of this world. Don't settle for the things that the world is trying to give you. Let the Lord be lifted up in your life. Find the lift in your life. Look for the lift in your life. Look to Jesus, the answer in your life, and let him draw you to him. Let him draw you up out of the things that seem to be so weighty and so heavy. And you can walk out of here with a light spirit today. You can walk out of here with a smile on your face, knowing that Jesus gets the final say. 
He gets the final say in Jesus' name.